0: To the Resilient Fire Podcast. Hey, first things first, I want to apologize. There's been a long delay between episodes that I've provided out on this platform. I'll tell you what, the past couple months have been just a flurry of activity in both my personal and professional life. And I just wanted to take a moment to say I apologize. I intend on producing more content and just talking through things a little bit more. But man, I have just been so, so busy. So, what's driving all this busyness, or you know, what's what's causing all this busyness? I'll I'll give you a little sneak peek into my life. The first thing is that uh, my wife is currently pregnant, which is such a blessing. This will be our fourth child in my house, which already seems to be so active as it is. <laughs> so, between trying to keep the current kids on task and you know going to school and activities, or you know getting to medical appointments, it's just been another one of those things that yes, it's a blessing 100%, but we also have a lot of things that we're trying to do in order to get ready for baby number four. I was also selected for a promotion at work, which is a great accomplishment. And that's a testament to the people that believed in me, that supported me, that were able to help guide me and shape me into being in the position that I'm in right now. And so I'm really thankful and I'm really blessed to be able to have that but with that promotion comes a new job. And so my family and I were preparing to move this summer uh, from where we are into that new job. And so that just makes life a little bit crazy. I also have taken a couple of trips for work. One of those was to maintain some currency on some qualifications that I have. And then the other one was to help drive where our career field is going in the next 5 to 15 years or so. and Plus a trip that I'm actually on right now. I'm, I'm sitting in a hotel room with all of my stuff. And I do have to say that this is the largest single bedroom Hotel room that I've ever been in. It's it's giant. So if it sounds like it's echoey, I'm doing the best I can to kind of muffle the microphone a little bit. But you know what? That's the that's where I am right now, and I'm going to get some information out to you all. But I'm here to check out the new job, the new location, and it's all just keep me very busy. Additionally, I have accepted and, and humbly accepted an opportunity to co-host uh, another podcast. That podcast is called the Legacy Dads Podcast. One of the former hosts named Lance is moving on to other activities to use the skills and abilities that he has been given in order to reach others uh, throughout the world. So being an empty nester, he has a lot more freedom to be able to do those things. So he and Dante, uh, the the original host of that podcast, asked if I would be interested in joining in on that podcast, and it's truly humbling. When I think about God working in the details, uh this was one of those podcasts that I reached out to and that I found in a time when I really needed to get myself oriented in the right direction when it came to being a good husband and a good father. So you can find that one if you're interested. It's called the Legacy Dad's Podcast. It's all over the place on all the normal platforms. Uh and yes, just uh you know, I will keep this one going. I will keep Resilient Fire going because this is my project. This is something that I enjoy. And then finally, as if traveling for work wasn't enough, I had a couple of other opportunities to travel. And these two trips were actually very much focused on ministry and, uh, and, and just focusing on God's word. And I'm going to detail those a little bit later because I think it's important to talk about those things and, and I guess kind of promote them. But the point of the, all of this is, is just this. Look, we all have journeys. I have been, it seems like I've been on a journey every other week since about the middle of March. And when I think about, you know, when we're out in the woods, sometimes when you're out hiking, when you're on your journey, there's a path to take. And that's super helpful. And other times there's no path and you're making your own. And so there are critical tools that you should carry and there are skills that you should know in order how to navigate successfully. If you've read any of the New Testament outside of the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I would be willing to bet that some of what you read was written by a man Named Paul. Paul is the author of 13 books of the Bible in the New Testament, from Romans through Philemon. Some of his famous verses include Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self seeking. It is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. If you've ever been to a wedding, maybe in the past 15 or 20 years, or or even more so than that, you've probably heard that verse spoken at some wedding. Another thing that Paul wrote was, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. A lot of people rely on Philippians 4.13. We walk by faith and not by sight. That was written to the church in Corinth. And then this is one of my favorites. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. That was in one of his other letters to Corinth. That was from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. He has so many other little nuggets of wisdom that people have relied on. But what's interesting about Paul, however, is not only that he was the author of 13 books of the Bible, What I find even more interesting is who he was before he met Jesus and then what he did after he met Jesus. In the book of Acts, we hear about Paul telling King Agrippa the following words. He says, I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time, I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. That's in Acts 26. But then Paul, who actually at the time was called Saul by his Greek name, had a day when he met Jesus. He says, On one of those journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, King Agrippa, who he's still talking to, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. The story goes on from there. Paul was actually sent on his mission after he had his transformational moment in his life. He says, I am sending you to them, or, correction, Jesus says, I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. And then Paul finishes up and says to King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and then all Judea, and then to the Gentiles, and so on, and so on. So what's the point? Paul was given a chance after his life was turned around, and he turned to Jesus. And then he went on his journey. When you look in the book of Acts, there are three summaries of some of his missionary journeys. The first one took him from Antioch to Cyprus, to Pamphylia, which is in modern-day Turkey, to Phrygia, and Iconium, which is also in Turkey, to Lyconia, and then back to Antioch. And then on a second journey, he went from Lyconia to Phrygia, to Galatia, to Asia, to Macedonia, to Achaia, and then to Jerusalem. And then finally, he went from Antioch to Phrygia and Galatia, to Asia, back to Macedonia and to Greece, then back to Asia, and then ultimately ended up in Jerusalem. Now, if you look at a map, all of these places are spread so far apart, and the only way to get to them is by either boat or by walking over land. Now, I'm no expert in maritime navigation, but I'm almost certain that mariners at some time have used celestial aids in their navigation. That's one of the tools that they have in their tool belt in order to get from one place to another. Now, I'm also no expert on the history of technology, but when Paul was traveling and journeying on on land... I don't think he had a GPS to guide him. Perhaps they had compasses and maps, but the fact is that they didn't just have those items that were stowed away in their in their packs if they had bags that they carried with them. They had them, and then they learned how to actually use them so they could effectively travel. They had learned how to look at the stars and say, yep, this is north or this is west. One of the most important skills, I think, when you're going out into the woods and when you're going you know, on a journey is to, is to learn and practice what it takes to effectively navigate on land. Now we have it easy today. We have GPS, the global positioning system, and that's, that will get you to a position about one square meter on the earth. But if you're navigating, if you're walking on the land and you're only relying on having an operational GPS, I would argue that you're setting yourself up for trouble and or failure. The ability to use a map and a compass to determine your location and to be able to navigate from one point to another is absolutely critical. There are a lot of factors to take into account. Do you know what the magnetic declination is in the area that you're working? Do you know how to account for it when you're trying to develop some sort of a heading? Do you know how to set up your compass to travel on a specific heading? If you want to follow a 070 heading, do you know how to do that on your compass? When you look at a map. Do you know what all the symbols and contour lines indicate? Are you going to be crossing roads, or is it a river? Is it a creek, or is it a jeep trail? Are there power lines you're going to see along your route of travel? Are you going to be going uphill or downhill? Are you following a ridge line or summiting a peak? All of these things are critical when it comes to navigating and traveling around. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I've been doing a lot of traveling lately, and some of it has been for work, which has been required, but two trips in particular have more or less been a missionary sort of focus. In April, I was able to link up with a program called One Life at the campus of Southern Wesleyan University in Central, that's the name of the town, South Carolina. Now, this was not my first interaction with One Life SWOO, Back in the fall, I was able to join them in West Virginia as they hiked along a trail, did some basic camping, and ended up rafting the world-class rapids of the New River Gorge. It was an epic trip where I was able to teach them some basic survival skills, and I think they taught me even more. They taught me what it looks like to be an 18- to 20-year-old adult who wants to deepen his or her relationship with God. So we fast-forward to April And I surprised the students and was able to join them again as they stepped off on their final trip of the year in this program. We hiked along the Foothills Trail in North and South Carolina, and there were moments in that trip that were so silent and still. And those moments did nothing but get us closer to God. One Life is a Christian gap year program, and you can actually find out more information about them at onelifepath.org. I will put their uh, link in the show notes. But here's a quick synopsis. The goals of the Gap Year are to help students grow in faith, experience genuine community, serve others, and travel, all while earning 30 college credits. Now it does cost money. It's just like any other college sort of, uh, you know, you're going to your freshman year of college. But I'll tell you what: 91% of the students receive some sort of scholarship support to be in the program, and that's really, really helpful. It's run out of four locations: the Black Rock Retreat in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You have One Life SWOO in Central South Carolina. You have Three Springs Ministries in Morris, Pennsylvania. And their newest location is called Pleasant View in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. That's an interesting one that's focused on intergenerational living. So I'd encourage you, if you're a parent and you have a child who is approaching the college years and maybe they don't know what they want to do, this might be an excellent program that they can consider as an alternative. I've seen the students grow and my interactions with them from West Virginia to being in the uh, being in the woods and walking along trail with him in south carolina i saw so much growth it was amazing and so i would encourage you to look at those different options that might be available the second trip that i went on was just down to a training event organized by a ministry called unusual soldiers you can see more information about them at unusualsoldiers.com or strandme.com again i will put the links in the show notes for them But the mission of Unusual Soldiers is to awaken and train Unusual Soldiers to lovingly engage the dark, dangerous, despised, and distant corners of the world. This ministry was started by a guy named Caleb Bislow, who himself has spent time spreading the gospel in some of the most hostile places on the planet. He's got a book called Dangerous, which I highly recommend reading if you want to learn more. Some of the traits that they're looking for in an Unusual Soldier include humility and passion and vision and courage And he helps develop those traits in four training courses uh, and and people who feel called to be missionaries in those challenging locations. One is called Stretcher. It kind of gets to the core of what it is to be an unusual soldier and maybe even more importantly, what it is not. Stranded is kind of focused on survival skills. Shrewd is very much focused on security. And then Slingshot is focused on developing a strategy. So when I look back at both of these opportunities, when I was helping one life and when I was helping uh, Caleb with this uh, with this other ministry event, unusual soldiers, they both provided me an opportunity uh, and a chance to grow in my own faith, and for that I'm I'm truly thankful. But how can I tie all of this together? Well, when you think about it, Paul absolutely had a coming to Jesus moment, right? In that instant, he was forever changed and he took what he was given and he traveled all over the place in order to spread that good news. Now most Christians probably have some sort of a you know quote unquote coming to Jesus story as well. And what's funny is this past Sunday as, as we were sitting in church we talked about those stories and how important they are in helping to share our faith with other people. Now some people have the story that's kind of like Paul where it's you know it's like an instant change but some others are maybe more of an incubation sort of process. It maybe it just takes a little bit while or a little while to just happen. But either way, after we have had that change happen, it's important for us to use the tools that we have been given in order to continue to advance the kingdom. When you're traveling in the wilderness, you have tools that you use to keep you on your journey, to keep going on the right path. You have the map, you have the compass, you have the GPS. And if you lose all of those things, my goodness, you have the stars and the heavens above you. They keep you on your journey, allowing you to reach your goals, whatever your goal might be. When you look at your faith, you have tools that you have been given. And one of those tools is being able to journey and, and just to help spread the gospel, spread the good news and talk about the goodness that happens when you make the choice and when you allow God to be the focus of your life. Look, the bottom line is this. We all have a journey that we're navigating through. And whether that journey is taking you across town or across the world, look at the tools that you have available. Look at the tools that you've been given. Look at the tools and the skills that you have acquired. Use them to be resilient and to spread the light in others' worlds of darkness. Go do those things and keep the fire burning.